Greetings. Thank you for joining us for a Wednesday night service at Kingdom Life Community Church. During this COVID-19 pandemic, our services are recorded live on Facebook at 10 a.m. on Sundays and 6.30 p.m. on Wednesdays. Join us there at facebook.com forward slash kingdomlife.global. Now here's the message from Pastor Ben Johnson. Greetings, family. <clears throat> I am so glad to be with you uh, this uh, this day, this evening, and um, we're obviously, um, I mean, sometimes you feel like you're getting to like a rhythm, into a flow, to where uh, things things are, are seemingly working good um, over like a series of several times doing it, where you're just like, oh, you, you know what's going on, you know how to make it happen, and then, and then you get humbled when you realize you're, that you're live for who knows how many minutes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was fun. Uh, so I'm not sure how that happened, but it happened. And so, um, well, I, uh, I want to say how much I'm glad to be with you this evening, KLCC family. I'm missing you greatly. I'm also, anybody out there beyond, uh, beyond uh, the KLCC family that maybe just joining with us, welcome. We're glad you're with us this evening. Um, you know, <clears throat> I do want to make everybody aware real quick um, this Friday at 6 p.m., we're going to be doing um, a Bible study, kind of like Sunday school, um, through uh, Zoom, which uh, for those of you who don't know is um, a way to, we can have like a video conference. You'll ha- be able to see everybody's faces, um, if you want to have your camera on, that is. Um, <clears throat> and it's just a great way for us to engage with each other. And also those people, there's some people that maybe um, don't have the ability to do it with us, but they could also call in, and there's a w- way to do that. So be checking your emails. Uh, reach out to people that maybe uh, that don't get a chance to view this because they don't have internet. Um, there's a couple people that come to my mind um, that they, they can still call a number, and we can give them information. They can call and be part of it. So 6 o'clock this Friday, uh, we're going through Psalms 23. So um, there you go. <clears throat> so this is week three of this series that we're calling Perspectives, week four. Did I say week three? Week four. Um, <clears throat> and uh, if you've missed the previous weeks, feel free to go to our website, kingdomlife.global, um, or you can also find them here on Facebook as well. Um, and you can check those other weeks. Um, I would encourage you to, to engage with each other, to comment and interact with one another, obviously. Um, it's a great way for you guys to touch base with one another. Um, also, um, share this if you can. If you, want, if you would be willing to, share it. Because this is, we've heard several testimonies from people from KLCC that they, um, they'll click the share and they'll do a watch party. So then they're able to share the encouragement, the hope, uh, the message of Jesus with other people that are in their Facebook world, um, with people that wouldn't normally come across this video. And uh, so we're, we're ambassadors for Christ. That's what our job is right here. And so any ways that you're able to kind of help spread it and or also click the notification bell so that you're always notified of when this does go live. Um, and uh, that would be swell. So... Perspective matters, and I've, I've said the same phrase over the past few weeks, and I want, I want this to just be ingrained in us. What 
what I perceive affects what I believe, and what I believe affects what I will receive from God, and what I receive from God will affect what I will achieve for the kingdom of God. That's important. That's important. It needs to resonate inside of us. Now, um, hopefully, I have some pictures queued up. Um, And so I have one picture to throw up. Um, up on the screen, and I think it's going to be over here. Um, so go ahead, throw that picture up for us. I'm curious what you see. I'm curious what you see. And there's generally two perspectives, two answers, right? It's either half full or it's either half empty, right? There, those are the, t- the two perspectives, and people say that this is the way you kind of determine whether you're an optimist or a pessimist or whatever. You know, I, I would probably default to seeing it half full, because I'm naturally an optimist, um, and others people see it as half empty, and it's not necessarily one, they're both right in some one way or another. Um, and so I'm going to talk about a third perspective that we'll get to, um, we'll get to in just a second. There's a third perspective. There's a, an actual, it's a, it's a greater perspective that can be had in the midst of this. Is it half full or is it half empty? And so go ahead, throw up that next picture, Zach. Um, so here's the, the third option. You could be an optimist, half full. You could be a pessimist, half empty. Or what about the third option? The third option is actually a psalmist. A psalmist. And we're going to be talking about that um, just a little bit. So... So here we go. Um, we're going to be continuing in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 4. Um, and we'll be, discussing, we'll be discussing our greatest offensive weapon against fear and stress and chaos. Okay? Because we, we're living in a world that, n- not to say that we haven't had fear and chaos and, and, and stress and all that anxiety and all that. Not to say that. COVID-19 invented it or created it. No, no. It's just there's levels of it that's kind of heightened, and all of us are feeling some level of it in some way, shape, or form. And so how can we go on the offensive with it, okay? So we're going to start in verse 13. Verse 13 in 2 Corinthians 4. So jump there with me, if you will. Corinthians 13, uh, verse 13 of chapter 4. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. I believe in God, so I spoke. So Paul is saying, in spite of hardships, trials, that they, he's talking about himself and the people of Corinth, continue to proclaim the resurrection life of Jesus. Then he, he says that they have the same kind of faith that the psalmist has. And then he quotes Psalms 116. Now, I think we need to keep this in perspective, right? If, you've, if you're just joining with us for the first time tonight, you need to kind of keep it in perspective of the whole chapter of, of chapter 4. You know, this is, this is the same chapter where he's talking about dealing with trials and hardships. This is the same chapter where he's talking about dealing with, with death and, and, and persecution coming against him. It's where he says that we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but not abandoned by God. Knocked down but we are not destroyed. It's the same chapter. So when he's talking about faith, he's not talking about shallow faith. He's not talking about weak faith. He's not talking about something that's just kind of like a little fuzzy, a little uh, whitewashed. No, he's talking about faith that is built upon 
the strength of enduring trials, of, 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 of being brought through uh, times of hardship. So we need to keep that in perspective, all right, friends? So we're going to take a look at Psalms 116 uh, because I think there's going to put this in perspective. Why would Paul be referencing it? Why would he quote 116 in, in the context of 2 Corinthians 4? Good question. Thank you for asking. <clears throat> now, we don't exactly know. The, the author of, of 116, Psalms 116, he did not put his, his signature next to it. Many, many psalms are attributed to, to David. This one is not directly attributed to David. And actually, it's thought that it might be attributed to Hezekiah. And as you read through it with me, um, we're going to go through the majority of the chapter tonight pretty quickly, bullet points, and then um, you'll, you'll kind of hear some parallels to the story of Hezekiah, specifically when he was on his deathbed. Now, uh, the, the, the little kind of clip note story, right? He's on his deathbed, he's, and he, he cries out to God, and God grants him more years, right? God grants him more years. And so, <clears throat> If you kind of have that in your mind, we can maybe, we can maybe see the parallels, what's going on here, and, and you can see why people would assume that Hezekiah wrote this, or, or maybe it was written by someone else about Hezekiah and his trial and redemption, a deliverance that he, he received. All right, you ready with me? So we're going to start in verse 3 of Psalms 116. Death wrapped its rope around me. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Into verse 4. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Please, Lord, save me. So here in verse 3, we starts off is from this perspective of despair, of, of chaos, of trouble, of sorrow. And in, in verse 4, it transitions to where he... He's not, he's not removed from the sorrow, the chaos, from, but from the place of sorrow and chaos, he's calling on God for help, for assistance. All right? Now we're going to jump to verse 5. And, and we'll also look at 6 as well at the same time. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. Verse 6. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. All right. Position of trouble, hardship, calling on God for help. But even in the midst of it, the situation hasn't changed. He starts declaring who God is. Declaring how great God is. His mercy, his strength, his power, right? Now, and then part of verse 6, we start to see the answer come. We start to see help come, all right? So we're going to look, um, we can keep going. Again, we're moving quickly because there's other stuff I want to get to and I don't want to take too much of your time tonight, this evening. So we're going to keep going through verse 7 and 9. All right, bullet points here. Stick with me. Let my soul be at rest again, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. Verse 9. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. All right. So he started in verse 3, chaos. He continues in chaos, but he's calling out. He still is in chaos, but he starts proclaiming who God is. But then the chaos is changed. God begins to bring restoration, redemption, deliverance, 
begins to bring deliverance into his situation, okay? Verse 10. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. Now, this is the verse that Paul quotes in, in 2 Corinthians 4, all right? This is why we're here. This is the reason for all of us looking at 116 right now is because of that little clip right there. But it's valuable for us to understand the context of what's, what's going on. What, what is that, where, why is that there? I believed in him, so I said, or your translations may say some different things. And, and it is, there is value to sometimes look at translations side by side and to kind of see the comparative of how different translations uh, phrased it. And, you know, you know, if you're able to look at some Greek, there's value to that. And I was, I was trying to look at that because I was trying to understand how to frame that. I, <clears throat> I, believed in him, I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. And I was kind of wrestling with it, and some of the translations said it a little bit differently. And it's like, it's like, <clears throat> I believed in you, so I could say, or or then I said. And so it's this idea. Let me frame this for you. Let me. It's, I have faith in God. I believe in God, and and. And the reality of my struggle does not negate my, my faith, does not negate my belief. And so I'm still going to speak the struggle. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to identify what's going on in my life. Okay? So I believed in God, and because I knew, I knew my position, my standing with God, I spoke freely of my struggle. All right, so even in his recognition of his reality, he trusted and believed God, God being the author of the way to your truth. Joe Couch was with us, I think, a little over a month ago, and he was talking about there's, there's truth, and then there's a way to your truth. And, and so, is, is this world filled with chaos? Truth. That is truth. But is God is God the one who holds the world in his hand? Is God the one who can bring redemption and restoration to all things? Is, is God the, the one who his heart is for us? He is for us, not against us? Is, is, that, is that not also true? So is the world filled with chaos? Yes. But the weightier truth, the more substantial truth, outweighs the chaos. Okay? Now, I think this is important for us to understand here real quick is this idea that identifying a struggle. Because sometimes I, I've heard people almost cringe or, 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 or hold back from identifying a struggle because it's like, well, if I allow it to come out of my mouth, if I actually acknowledge it, maybe that'll mean that I'm coming into agreement with it. Or, or, or maybe that means that I'm, I'm, I'm walking defeated or, or there's the, the enemy has victory over me. And I don't, I, that's not a healthy perspective. That's not a healthy understanding of understanding your position in God. That, that you're, you're still in a process of being redeemed and restored and, 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 and sanctified, right? And, and what it does, by acknowledging a struggle, it's not, it's not coming into agreement with it. It's not, it's not saying that you're defeated. It's actually, it's humbling. It's humbling, right? And when we admit a, a position of weakness, what does that do for God? That gives him permission 
when we call on him, like it did, he did in verse 4, called on God, it gives God permission to step in and bring deliverance, right? If we, if we, if we just don't acknowledge it, it doesn't mean it's going to go away. There's value in acknowledging it and processing it in the correct manner, all right? Let's move on to verse 11. In my anxiety, I cried out to you, these people are liars. So here he is, he's in, he's in despair, he's on his deathbed, and he's calling it to God, and, and, and he's declaring who God is, and, and then God starts to deliver him, and then he starts praising God for what he's done, how he's saved him, and then he, he makes this point, this little clip note in here, that, that <clears throat> people are liars. Now, I, I think the, the, the simple point to be made from this is that people are going to let you down. I don't know if that, is that an, a reality for you? Is that new? idea? Probably not. You know, I want to be your pastor. I want to be your friend. I want to bring encouragement and hope, biblical counsel to your life. But either myself or, or Pastor Steve or, or elders or, or any other church leaders that we have in this body, our, our intentions will be will be hopefully always pure and good and, and, and for you. You know, that's that's our heart desire, right? But it's not to say that we're not gonna stumble. It's not to say that we're not gonna fall short, right? Because we ourselves, we're in our own brokenness. We are for you. We want we want what's best for you, but we're not your savior. And thank God. Wow. Man, I don't want that. I don't want to be your savior. All right, moving forward, need to move quick here. Verse 12 through 15. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. Oh Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am. Oh, hold on. Pause. 12 through 15. So here we see the author, the psalmist. The psalmist, he's, he's speaking of renewed dedication. It's, it's not to say he wasn't saved. It's not to say that he wasn't walking with God, but he is renewing. He is refreshing his dedication. And he's also, he's also renewing his 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 position of being a servant of God. Okay? So he's comes from, he's deathbed, cries out to God, receives deliverance, praises God, and yet he's still in this position of like, God, I commit my life anew to you, and I and 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 I surrender to new levels to you. I don't know how, I don't care how long you've been walking with God. There are new levels of surrender. And there are new levels of commitment that have yet to be taken. That's true for all of us. That's true for me. There are new levels for me to take of commitment and surrender to God. All right? 16 and 17. Oh, Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant to be born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. 17, I will offer you sacrifice, thanksgiving, and call, and call on the name of the Lord. All right, we'll close uh, 
the chapter in 1819, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the, in the heart of Jerusalem, praise the Lord. So we see ideas of surrender, wholehearted, sincere, thankfulness, praising God. All right, now let's jump back into, uh, kind of wrap this up into uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, okay? So I love that Paul drew our attention to this passage, and I think it gives us, uh, it gives us an example, maybe even a pattern to follow. And I'm not saying that this, when I'm not talking about rigid religion here, as far as like you have to do this X, Y, Z pattern. No, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that by looking at 116, that it gives us a, an idea of how, how to look at our struggles through the perspective of a psalmist. How to be proactive in the midst of our struggles, okay? When we're on our deathbed moment, <clears throat> call on God, declare who he is, believe for deliverance, renew dedication and surrender, profess thankfulness and praise. And yet this is all wrapped up into a, a worship song. Isn't that amazing? So Paul is saying that he and the Corinthian church have a faith built on declaring, believing, thanking, and praising God and who he is. Who he, he is, that he, God is who he said he is. And because of that faith, tested by hardship and trials, that they continue to preach, to share the resurrection life of Jesus to those around him. All right? Now, many of us are struggling in one way or another, and this may not be a new struggle. This may be a long-standing struggle, and inevitably, we're going to have new struggles in the future. Sorry, that may be a bit of a Debbie Downer moment there. Some people may feel that they're stuck on some type of a deathbed. Now, I'm not necessarily talking physical, but maybe it is. Maybe there is some physical ailment. Ailment. But maybe it's emotional. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's economic. Maybe it's relational. Maybe there's a, you're in a marriage right now and you feel like it's, it's on the brink of collapse. It's this like deathbed moment. And, and the presumed outcome is death. The presumed out outcome is, is hopelessness and, and, and destruction and, and no redemption. And I don't know what it is, but I, I want you to ask yourself, what, what could that be for me? Maybe what, what was it in the past? What, what is it now? What could it be in the future? Where, what would be the, 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 the opportune, what would be the opportunity that the enemy could have to put you in a place of despair? And I just want to say you have a choice to make you can stay there or you can begin to build your faith. And I don't, I'm not trying to belittle any of the situations that you might be dealing with, you have dealt with, or you will deal with. I, I don't, I'm not saying that any of those things are simple or easy. I, I know they're painful. I, mine are painful. But we have a choice. We can, we can stay there or we can try to build our faith and the rise out of it. This isn't magic. It may not even be instantaneous. But begin to declare who God is. Write it down. Pray it. Sing it. We are so blessed to have an abundance of worship songs so easily available to us. Now, I would also emphasize 
to find worship songs that are specifically aimed at declaring God's glory. There are some worship songs that are more about this, like, an emotional, like, connection to our humanity and less about God's glory. And I'm not saying they're totally wrong, but specifically, I, I would say start from a position of declaring God's glory. Believe for your deliverance. Thank God for what he has done and is doing. Renew your commitment to him and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Verse 14 in chapter 4 here. We're almost done. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. That's powerful. That is powerful. Paul talking to the church in their struggle of the day, and we can take that today for the struggles that we have today and how we can build our faith. And just knowing that there's a song, I love it. I love it. I think we sang it a couple weeks ago. And it's just the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That same spirit resides in if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, that spirit resides in you. Sometimes I think we diminish the power of God to resurrect us from our little deathbeds, or the, the, maybe not little deathbeds, but the, the, the tough situations in our life. And it's like, well, God, you're, I know you're powerful, but you know, this, this might be a little out of your league. This might be a stretch for you. And you're like, uh, have you read your Bible? You realize... My son died on the cross for you, and, and through the power of God, he was raised from the dead. I know you're in a tough spot, but you're not out of my league. You're not, your struggles are not beyond the powers of God to deliver you. Declare, believe, thank, commit, praise. And from that tested and strengthened faith, you can go and share what the King of Kings and Lord of Lords has done. Fellow believers will be encouraged and the lost will be reached. What I would encourage you to do if you're needing encouragement in your life is go look up some testimonies of the early church, of the revivals, of, of other parts of the country or other parts of the world, people, in your, things in your backyard, look up testimonies of how God has brought revival, how God has healed, how God has done miracle signs and wonders. And even remember the stories of the other people in our body or maybe people, maybe your own, your own testimonies. And as you reflect on those testimonies, it will build you up in your faith. And as you begin to share those testimonies, it will build others up in their faith. Now the point of this is not, there's a bigger picture to this, all right? The, how, how we go on the offensive, it's not, it's not stopping at being delivered, but it's going from being delivered to proclaiming and sharing, all right? That's what the psalmist told us, right? That's, that was the pattern laid out, that he started in place of despair, he cried out to God, he started declaring, even before he was delivered, who God is. He was delivered, he started praising God, thanking God. He started committing and surrendering his life to God. All right. 
What's, what's the big picture of this? Verse 15. This is where we're ending. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving. And God will receive more and more glory. Verse 13 started off talking about preaching from a position of faith built from testing of trials, difficulties. We talk about the, the pattern, the, 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 the example of the psalmist of how we can be on the offensive in the midst of our, our difficult situations. Why? Ultimately, that God will receive more and more glory. That the kingdom of God will be expanded. That the lost, the hurting, the broken will be reached. And that they can have their own deliverance moments. I pray that brings some encouragement to you, whether for this season or for the next. Look at Psalms 116. Draw upon the example that you see there. Call out to God. Declare who he is. And from there, watch how God will move on your behalf. I love you. Thanks for joining with us today. And if that message touched your heart in some way, please let us know by emailing us at info.kingdomlife@aol.com. You can also find us and reach out to us on Facebook. And we hope that you will join us again for another podcast from Kingdom Life Community Church.